And we're live. Welcome to episode eight of Flyover State of Film. How did I know it's episode eight? Well, I keep a handy uh, calendar nearby and I note everything that's happening. Um, I'm here with four other guys that love beer just like me. Uh, so guys, if you're ready to crack your beer and get started. I bet nobody heard it because everybody's on mute. Oh, I got sprayed in the fucking face. <laughs> uh, I, had, I had this down when I first started. Uh, then. Okay, that's a All right, we're off to a great start. So uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> thanks for joining us. Uh, I'm Joseph Conesa from whyilovemovies.com. Uh, with me today, as always, is Brian from uh, DVD Bunker. That's right. Give me my proper plug, baby. I'm uh, drinking a new one for me from the Boulevard Brewing Company Jam Band, a berry ale, and drinking out of my uh, Columbus Zoo novelty cup. Uh, everybody support your local zoos. I mean, Columbus has I'm a great one. I don't know where you live, but you have a local support your zoo. local zoos. Conservation. Yeah, Cincinnati has a local zoo, and it's awesome, too. Uh, I bet that cup cost you $29. Uh, the next no, nah, you pay ten, but then the refills are cheaper than buying it. By the time you've had three of them, you're saving money. You're, you're it's a value. That's fair. Our next co-host is uh, TJ Dex from the YouTube channel that you're currently watching this on. Hey guys, uh, yeah, I'm drinking uh, some Brawler tonight from Philly out of uh, um, some dedication to Creed Two trailer that dropped this week. You'll see my reaction on my uh, channel. Go check it out, guys. It's a great thing. Awesome. And finally, we have Laura's fiance, Joe. Hey, I'm uh, I'm drinking a vodka Red Bull like an asshole. Uh, yeah, I mean, wait, I circle back, TJ. Yes. Never, never do a trailer reaction. You just Joe. No. <laughs> no, next week, he's going to be like, That's hey, a Patreon Joe, exclusive, I'm going to get, I'm gonna get a. That's what's going to get us over the hump. We <laughs> double our numbers. I'm gonna get a text message from TJ, be like, "Hey, so I'm just thinking, like, maybe we should start doing T uh, trailer reactions on my channel. You, you thinking about that three times a week?" Well, also, let's not skip skip over the fact that Joe celebration wise in this episode. Also, Joe got engaged uh, recently, so let's uh, cheers up to Joe and Laura. Yeah. Congrats to Laura Thank and her fiance. Thank you. Yes. Congrats to Laura for settling. Yeah, <laughs> she. Could have picked someone much better. If you're listening, you gotta, lock, you gotta lock that down. You know, you're in a good position. You gotta yeah. quick Just before she realizes. Give it ten years, she'll run into him at a grocery store, and things will go south for you. But it's all right. So we are officially Wait, in the month. Wait, what? <laughs> what did you say? Is or did you just write our uh, our serendipity movie? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Right. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Can we get John Cusack to do that? No, we can't afford John Cusack. We no, we could afford John Cusack. No, no, he's still above us. All right, we can, maybe we can maybe we got for Nick Cage. We can get, but you guys ever see that John Cusack uh, uh, Jackie Chan movie? Oh yeah, it's, that's uh, China. Like Adrian Brody in it. It's yeah. excellent. Yeah, sure. No, don't take your word for it. No, All right, so we're officially thing. in the we're officially in the month of October. And as everybody knows, the month of October means everybody's obligated to talk about horror movies. So that's what we're going to do today. Uh, uh, as yesterday, actually, uh, a gentleman came up to me. He's like, hey, Joseph from YLFmovies.com. I love your reviews. I love what you're doing. Could you please talk in your podcast about horror movies and horror franchises? And I said, yes. 
thank you for being a fan. And I just stared at him as he walked away from my apartment, wondering how he got in here. But that doesn't matter. So I, my question to you guys is, if in the month of October, what movie franchise, what horror movie franchise are you going to actually watch? I put some, some uh, conditions to this question. It has to have four or more uh, movies, and you have to actually watch them all, even if they're shitty ones. I already know the answers of the guys. So I just wanted to rattle off uh, the options that weren't picked so we can just focus on ours. Uh, Saw with nine movies wasn't picked. Tensa Chainsaw with eight. Wait, there's nine Saw movies? Yes. Yeah. I watched them uh, all a couple months ago. I thought there were only, I thought there no. were only eight. Uh, Jigsaw counts as nine. But that's what I'm saying. I thought it was one through seven. No, one there's through eight. eight. Yeah. Damn. Uh, the Purge officially has an... Insidious has four. Uh, the Hill Have Eyes has five. Hellraiser, unfortunately, has ten. There's it, it, five. The Hills Have Eyes. Yeah. Uh, the Omen has four. Uh, Friday the 13th has 12. Final Destination, five. Exorcist, six. Uh, Child's Play, which is one of our uh, co-hosts' uh, favorite franchise, has seven. And Amityville Horror, according to my quick Google search, has 19 movies. Holy. None of those were chosen. I will say honorable mention on my part to uh, the Friday the 13th, because literally every time a Friday the 13th uh, actual date rolls around, I watch at least two of those movies. Me and my wife always do it. So we get through that franchise like every couple of years pretty regular. So I'm pretty well versed in that anyway. Yeah, I've, I've done one, a couple of marathons of it. That's one I I I've, I've watched once, years and years ago. Never revisited. Uh, I'm not. That was one of my first ones, like one of the first horror franchises when I was like in fifth grade or something. That my buddy had the VHS of like five or six. You know, even the good ones. You know, and you get started. I, almost, I think the funniest one is the one that is in 3D because it's super obvious that they're trying to make every single oh, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Three I love that one. That's where he gets the mask. That's the one where he gets the iconic mask. That's the one that features Shelly, maybe my favorite character in the whole franchise, who's like the kind of like chubby, awkward Jewish guy who's always doing like awkward pranks to try and get girls to like him. Isn't that the, isn't that the one yeah, that really kills somebody by pushing him off the stairs and he's in like in a wheelchair? Yeah. That's in two, actually. That's okay. in that's I in thought part two. Once you finish, go ahead and tell us your pick. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, like, is the Friday the 13th, the 3D one, where they classically just take the three, the third in the franchise, and just throw a D at the end and be like, oh, it's 3D. There you go. Sure. Jaws did it, too. Yeah. Yep. That thing was like, they might, might as well lean good. into this, you know? Yeah. Um, but for me, uh, yeah. So those ones that weren't chosen. For me, I went for, like, the classic um, zombie in, like, George Romero and Night of the Living Dead. Um, all of the movies. There's as a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, plus remakes of so probably about thirteen to fourteen in the franchise. They're great. From so, beginning to top, you get that classic to being the the social commentaries from the original Night of the De- Living Dead, the Dawn of the Dead, the Day of the Dead. And then it kind of flips the script again, does the land of the dead and those like goofy ones that turn the living dead. Well, when like zombies came back into fashion, George Romero was like, yeah. shit, I'll jump back on. Like Diary of Diary of the Dead. Yes, and like that part of the ones. Like, yeah. I didn't see the original you know, sixties Night of the Living Dead till 
probably after the 2004 one. And I was like, this movie is so fucking good. Like I was, it's incredible. And I just bought the Criterion collection. I watched it again. And my son's in the old black and white. Wait, wait, your son. I have Criterion. I didn't. That's the thing. He likes like the '30s Universal horror stuff, like oh, the the great. old monster movies and stuff. And I was like, I went into it with an eye for you know, could he watch this? And fuck no, it's way too intense. Like oh, legit, yeah. Romero's oh, yeah. Night of the Living Dead is like still scary. It's yeah. still fucked up. Like it, it's- actually, I I saw this movie uh, back in Puerto Rico in the school that I attended. Uh, every first month, every first Tuesday of the month, they let us out early because they had faculty meetings. And my uncle would pick us up and always take us to rent movies. So we'd rent two or three movies while, and then my mom would pick us up at my aunt's house. And I remember renting this movie because I didn't know what it was. I was like nine years old. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. That movie scarred me so badly. Yeah. I was it's so afraid intense. of zombies, <laughs> of cemeteries, that ending when the uh, spoiler alerts, uh, they just kill him, and you're like, yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the movie just gets destroyed. Yeah, absolutely. Don't Super dark. And even like, I, like the one thing, like my my favorite horror movie of all time is the original Dawn of the Dead, and just the 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 whole movie and the one scene where the biker gang goes into the mall finally, and to see these bikers get torn apart by zombies, the practical effects used this time, like. That to me is a horror movie. You can always have your stalkers and your, and your murderers and serial killers, but like just that that scene of these these tough bikers going to the scene, getting completely overwhelmed by these zombies and torn apart kidneys and guts. It was so insane. But that was that's my horror movie. Like, so 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 TJ, I have a question for you. Then how are you? So you mentioned the original Dawn of the Dead. Yes. How are you going to watch it? Because that is one that is not on DVD. Unless you have it already, it came out like there were like it got made and stuff copies. on DVD, but like you there's can't ways, find it. There's ways, unfortunately, to see it. I I could tell you guys how. No, um, don't stand here. Then it will be used. No, 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 no. no. Um, yeah, yes, all of our viewers are really gonna be like. Oh, no. <laughs> Anybody who watches this show already knows how to pirate shit. They don't need our fucking. No, 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 Honestly, no, I think no, it's I important it. though to give a shout out to I 2004 Dawn of the Dead. Maybe one of the only really good horror remakes um, and probably the best Zack Snyder movie. Yes. Well, <laughs> it's the best Zack Snyder movie, and that movie is fucking great. That is yeah. an amazing movie, and the best use of um the uh the that song that was well, the, 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 the lounge version. That's so yeah. good. The, so, in the movie but like yeah those like i like the classic zombies and the practical effects but also like i love what it did like in child's play like uh, as you said saying child's play is my favorite franchise but it flips it when it goes like return of living dead and like return of living dead 3 it takes like a love relationship and puts a zombie twist on it it takes like high schoolers oh, yeah. having sex in the cemetery and then a, a, um a, a tank rolls over and then unleashes like a, a toxic thing over this graveyard it's just that type of thing where it keeps flipping the script, keeping it and, uh, and the social commentary it has, especially yes. by putting a black a black man as their protagonist, yeah. or the social commentary they have on capitalism or consumerism by setting it in a in a mall. Like it it, it George really built a lot of nuance I, into what can be just a dumb form. I really like uh, Day of the Dead too in the in the with the radio oh, yeah. uh, station and Bub. Yeah, I, I, that's a fun. That's more. I think that's the f- like of the original Romero trilogy. To me, the day is like the funnest one. Day day has a lot. To, day has probably a lot to 
probably the most to say out of them. Um, and mm -hmm. then also at the same time, they do with his like Romero's like thing. It goes like Land of the Dead, which people don't even think to even talk about. And then like there's like straight to DVD. Then he, and sci he did a found footage zombie movie. Yeah, Die of the Dead was actually supposed to, like really good. I didn't, unfortunately hasn't got a chance to see that yet. But that's gonna be the one that I'm gonna so, binge to see. Uh, Joe, how yes. about you? What did you pick? Oh, I gotta go with my guy. I gotta go with Freddy. Uh, Night the Nightmare uh, franchise to me, it's it's my favorite. It it's so fascinating and such a rich character. And ev not every movie's good, but every movie has parts of it that are fun. The first oh, yeah, one is the They're first one's terrifying. They definitely like the creativity of the kills in some of those. Even the bad ones make That's them like at least worthwhile checking out for the practical effects and shit like that. Like, the first, the first one is like straight up just a great horror movie. Yeah. Uh, and then, I, and then I you got to jump to like uh, Dream Warriors, which I think is like it's more. But I think two one. is underrated, and especially as like an LGBT yeah. representation movie. Two it exists in like this special space of like gay horror icons. Yeah, two <laughs> has, two definitely has its moments, and I I I think that's when they try to make Freddy a little too jokey with that into, but they tried. Um, they didn't really mesh like the series. Yeah, part. Dream Warriors. Um, Fucking incredible! It's yeah, probably a, it might even be my favorite one, even over the first one. I'm like, I just love Dreamers. I think they really like fulfill the premise of what, like, you know what I mean? Like, what what it should be. I'm a. I know this is a cliched answer. I'm a big fan of New Nightmare. Oh, yeah, I love yeah, you are. That's like, because that's New fucking amazing. New Nightmare and even like. Well, there's so much to say about New Nightmare. Wes Craven's like, a Nightmare. fucking icon, and he redefined and, the genre multiple times. And and I know, like, it's been said, you listen to a lot of podcasts that talk about it, and they'll say, oh, like, you could see him working Scream out, and then he, like, fixed it in Scream. I actually, I think, I don't think he fixed anything. I think he made a great fucking movie in New Nightmare. Yeah. And then just said, oh, yeah, like, met, like, to get meta is also good, but New Nightmare... There's like one or two scenes that just don't hold up because they try to go more CGI with some of the stuff, and yeah. like the in like the scares, like uh, the ideas are still pretty solid. Oh, even they're, when they do they're stuff all like that. solid. Yeah, almost like when and, you go into the dream and it's like Freddy's like circus, and that's just kind of what I'm calling it. Made Freddy really scary again in that He's one. That was yeah. really like, and from where he had been, because by far Freddy's dead is the worst of the whole <laughs> yeah. franchise. So um, fucking bad. And then it's terrible. To combine ours, uh, Brian, uh, Freddy vs. Jason is a blast. It's I a actually blast. do really like Freddy vs. Jason. Yeah, I remember. I, I think that's still a legit fun movie. Uh, Ronnie Yu, who also directed Bride of Chucky, mm -hmm. it, the same one. Oh wow, really? That's dope. Yeah, and that's a little, uh, And it actually, the music was uh, Graham Ravel, who also did the uh, score for The Crow. So oh, that wow. has well, that actually, they, they correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't they tease Freddy versus Jason in one of the Jason's movie, right? Yeah, Jason goes to hell. Yeah, you see exactly. a little tease. Well, actually, they still didn't get the rights at that time, and they went. They did Jason X before we ever even got. So there was still like, like I like Jason. Jason X is the no. most self-aware one. Yeah. No, Jason goes to hell is like the worst one. It's, it's pretty I, bad. Would I? Would I, uh, I? I so I, I saw Freddy vs. Jason in the in the theaters, but it, I was also like, um, I'll say how old? Two thousand four, two thousand three. So I was like twelve, thirteen. I was young. I Man, I wasn't thirteen yet. I was a lot younger than that. But me and my buddy, we went, 
and we were like just old enough and to like be there and like understand what was going on and watch it and then in the early scenes you see that one chick like showering and there was a little a mom it was like a midday show a mom brought her like seven-year-old son <laughs> seeing all the murdering in the beginning she was cool with that and the minute you see the girl showering with the boot like with the night nice oh, like, 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 like real fake boobs she comes the, i remember i have a burn in my head this woman just holding her son's eyes as she ran out of that theater bolting we, was, out of there like you can see the horrific murders but you know, not she probably boobs. brought her six-year-old i mean she was young and i just remember thinking at that time even did you think that was a good idea? Yeah, people are stupid. But before we move on to Brian, uh, we have to shout out uh, Robert England. Uh, Robert oh, wow. England, right? My God, yeah, yeah Robert England, you got him. My flag is last name. He's amazing as as Freddie, and I, like he's just become synonymous with that character. He's so amazing. I'd like to propose this to you guys since we picked this uh, topic. Is our 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 last show of the month? Is on the 30th one day before halloween we're actually getting like weirdly like three shows in um in october let's try to watch our franchises that we picked tonight and then on that show oh, yeah. on october 30th I talk only about picked, these films mine is only four movies you guys are fucked i'm good <laughs> but um segue well, in oh i thought you're gonna segue to yourself and tell us what four movies you picked oh that's sure yeah, what did uh, you pick finish uh i picked i actually picked scream uh joe mentioned scream um, Scream One, probably one of my favorite horror movies of all time. It's it's scary but self-aware. It's funny yet serious. It manages to balance that line between um, just a ridiculous premise and something that actually works. Um, the tributes to horror classics such as you know Psycho by killing Drew Barrymore in the beginning. Um, the the cliches that they play through like it's just wonderful and the and the sequels are enjoyable i mean they're they never reach the heights of the first one but they never fall so low that you're like i can't believe this is a sequel to scream it yeah. sucks they all of them are enjoyable all of them have believable uh uh villains and they and each of the killings are fun like the it deaths also, are always enjoyable yeah it now, also like the next masked like Killer, like at, you Wait, know, there hadn't uh, been a new kind of horror icon in a long time, and Ghostface kind of came in to do that. Oh, yeah. Ghostface was everywhere. Halloween, there, and he still, he still, you still see people wearing. Ghost has anyone has every has anyone been there for Halloween? Because I, yeah, I, I have, I have. Has there been one since? And that might sound naive. Has there been a slasher since that actually? I mean, you'd say Jigsaw probably is one. Maybe Hatchet. Yeah, I was gonna say Hatchet. Maybe Hatchet. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's kind of niche, niche, though. Yeah. Like, like, like Jigsaw to me. Like, I I recently watched the Jigsaw franchise in its entirety. I love the Jigsaw. I love the Saw franchise. I think it's a really good franchise. I never saw him as a uh, um <laughs> that 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 killer though. There was no like like the iconic image of the puppet to me never. Uh, resonated the same as when you look at. I think there's the too much going Friday. on with Jigsaw because you got Tobin Bell, but then you also got him with the pig mask on, but then you also got the puppet. So there's like almost yeah. too much imagery for like one so, thing to really stick. So I, I, and also, I feel like the the logic behind the movie kind of fell as they progressively added more yeah, yeah. signals um, to it. Like yeah, you but, didn't pay your parking ticket, now you have to kill <laughs> five your five daughters to prove that you were willing to pay parking tickets. Do you want to live? It's like I fuck mean, you, man. I I wish we were in a research. I wish there's a resurgence of horror. 
But I wish there was a resurgence of like these slasher films with these like so iconic people that, because Sinister had it shot. You you had it shot that first movie's I think really effective. Still the ghost one. So was then, that was too much mythical. Leslie Vernon is the not, the the new horror icon we all need to get behind. Listen, Let's get Leslie a behind the mask sequel going. I, you, know, I, you know what's the issue? You know what's the true it's issue, Joe? Though you know what's the true issue though that they're focused on creating the icon. Like it's almost yeah. like they want to. They think about the character that would be like, oh my god, everybody wants to dress up like him. He's so cool. Look at the weapon well, he uses great. to kill. You, you and then they build the movie. Like the guy in the baby mask from Happy Death Day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, like, so that's you said a great point. Everyone who played Ghostface had actually, for the for ninety five percent of the films, had a very secure reason for doing so and being ghostly instead of just being a Michael Myers or a Freddy or a Jason or a zombie. Like they had an actual like reason for putting the mask on. So that's pretty cool. So yeah. I, I, and speaking yeah. of Halloween, I think Brian picked Halloween for his movies. I didn't know if we were going to get around to mine. Cause I know we're running yeah, long yeah, on our first, on our opening segment here. So I'll just real quick say I've been cynical about the new Halloween only because I think Halloween, Halloween two and Halloween H2O make a very solid trilogy on their own. Right. Yep. That being said, we've got our alternate kind of timeline of four and five and then six to its own extent. So, you know, this one can exist too. I'm fine with it. And it looks like it's going to be pretty good. So I'm excited. Um, I actually think the first Halloween, the first Rob Zombie one is really underrated too. I think it's just a standalone kind of tribute to the whole series. It's a fine movie. Um, people complain about too much backstory. It doesn't have to replace Halloween. Just watch Halloween, and then this can be its own thing, too. It's fine. He's here. Oh, my God. <laughs> I always want to... It makes me just want to do my Jamie Lee, where she's like, do as I say! You know what? <laughs> Actually, now you mentioned uh, Jamie Lee, uh, I, I did watch the teaser, and Jamie Lee has been like preparing for her whole life for, for Michael Myers to come back. She's an asshole. Why didn't? Why has she been preparing her husband and her, her daughters and her grand? Nobody knows that she's she's the only one that's gonna kill oh, them. She's, she's, else she's the only one who's been prepared. Everybody else is gonna be sacrificial lambs, and she's gonna be sniping she's from bait. afar. Bait. Oh, she's an asshole. <laughs> I haven't I seen it. I'm already yeah, mad. I love the original. I love about Halloween. Halloween, so we can move on. But Wait, it's iconic. It, I think uh, Halloween three has merit. It's a really Yo, decent John Carpenter movie. Ever. It was just called Season of the Witch. <laughs> on our first episode ever, we I talked about Se I talked about Season of the Witch. So yeah. talking about Season of the Witch, which is disappointing to many people, uh, Joe wants to talk about disappointing movies. Segway. That's a solid, segue. Segue. That's a solid segue. Solid segue. Yes, I I I was thinking recently, and especially with Venom coming out. Um, what's the most disappointing you've ever been in a, in a movie that you were like really looking forward to? And uh, mine goes back to, uh, to when Spider-Man 3 came out. And that to me back is Back to my... back with X-Men 3, like yeah. two years in a row, yes. big disappointments. Yeah, I told these guys also X3 was a huge disappointment. Uh, not as much, but huge. Spider-Man 3 to me I, I is still... I think X3 is worse than Spidey, but go ahead. Yeah, I, you know, as a movie, it's that's worse. debatable. I think X three might be better than Spider Man three. Brian on that one, but <laughs> but the thing is, there's the difference between it, something being bad and something being a disappointment to you. So Spider Man three to me was so it, it, 
it just like ripped my heart out and said, yeah, you loved Spider-Man 2 and that's still a legitimately great film. And we just, you just gave me this mess. And now it looks like... I was a 90s kid like in love with Venom. I got yeah. like so many Venom comics. I got the original run of Maximum Carnage. Like I was a total symbiote nerd. So I'm about to get hurt again. Yeah, oh. but you know what? I, I recently rewatched Spidey 3 and what truly bothers me about that movie or not bothers me, like I, there's a great movie in there and it's Sandman. Like it would have been a great movie if it was just Sandman. You always see the out. Sandman um, formation sequence on lists yeah. of like great scenes in terrible movies. Yeah. You'll always see that Sandman transformation when he like wills himself into being. That's a yeah. really great like powerful mm -hmm. scene trapped in the middle of a I dumb actually, movie. I actually, uh, I, I you, people usually like give him credit or think it's cool. I actually give Sam Raimi all the shit for that movie because he's the one who. Who basically instead of like working with the studios and whatnot, he self sabotaged it by being like, "Yeah, I know." Like, um, uh, Chad, uh, Todd Ham uh, went on a date with Todd Hamilton, that '70s show kid is uh, Chris. Oh, I Topher like Grace. I like Topher Grace. Is, is, he's is just miscast. You know like, I'm saying? He's not Eddie Brock, but he purposely miscast him. And then uh, Sandman is a good storyline, but I still hate how they tried tying it to his like origin of Uncle Ben. It's the Batman '89 thing where they feel the need to like tie the Joker to Bruce Wayne's parents being killed. Like, just let the whole story play out. It doesn't all have to come together. Also, I like the Sandman stuff. I like that one scene a lot. But overall, I think that whole series has a problem where there's no real villains in it. Every villain is overly sympathetic. Nobody, you don't really feel there's not like a legitimate bad guy. Somebody's either crazy Robin off of drugs or controlled yeah. by their arms. Or Bryce you know, like, Howard is the villain in that movie. <laughs> her acting, her zombie-ness nature. <laughs> she was that movie does have a great scene, too, when uh, Mary Jane gets thrown out of her, like she gets fired from the play she's doing. And then she comes out and she thinks the people on the sidewalk yeah. are clapping for her. And she looks around all happy and then she realizes it's because Spider-Man swung by and they're all excited. <laughs> <laughs> that scene is so good. <laughs> I don't think it's supposed to be a comedy part, but it's only The best re redeeming part of that movie also is um, Bruce Campbell as the Maitre D. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the best yeah. part of all three movies. Waiting away the, the waiters every time he Peter makes like a signal. He's like, oh. <laughs> it's just a bad fucking movie. But I actually think the Amazing Spider-Man 2 might rival how bad it is. But Amazing Spider-Man 2 is really bad. It, uh, but what uh, what are your biggest disappointments uh, that, that you've experienced, though, guys? That's what I'm wondering. Who are you so throwing to? Go. Who's gonna say? Who's going oh, to? Oh, you, Brian, you go. I'm okay. I'll go. That's great. Um, mine's actually a pretty recent one too. Maybe that's just because my memory's not as good. I also you think that I have this buddy. thing. Well, I have this thing where I don't. I've, I'm pretty good at knowing my own tastes, so I don't see a lot of movies that I think are gonna be bad. You know what I mean? Like for the most part, I'm pretty good at knowing what I want to see. So when I see something, I, it can be disappointing, but it's not usually like a huge letdown because I kind of knew what I was getting into. But one that came off the back of a great movie, maybe the, my favorite in the franchise, and then was just the biggest letdown. It was not quite X. It's actually worse than X3. It made me re look back at X3. It's X-Men Apocalypse. <laughs> Holy yes. shit. I think Days of Future Past is such a fun and cool movie and like great use of the 70s timeline and a great like 
just I really think Days of Future Past was solid. And then to go from that, it's such a far way to fall with Apocalypse. Characters that like don't make sense and then aren't even used properly. And this the worst guys, the the kids they got to play fucking Cyclops and Jean Grey are the <laughs> worst actors I've I ever seen sure. in a major That's movie. Weird. Holy shit. And they have like the opposite of chemistry. Whatever like chemistry exists like they have the opposite Whoa. of that it's horrendous so um are any uh, game of thrones people yes all right cool. so like sophie turner's like she's grown into a really good actress on game of thrones i think like, she has one note. Really, yeah, it's very note one like it's one note but she's shown some stuff and I, I think she's good in that movie she has the oh uh, yeah no. She's just like she's like reading off cue cards. What? It's that bad. What? Like I'm, I watch. They. I'm gonna be honest. I did the fucking trailer for Dark Phoenix. Wait, you and said she had one line and it was awful. I didn't. Even, I didn't even see that movie because I think Days of Future Past sucks. Oh what? fuck you! No, I'm always great. Is excellent. It's, That's an excellent X Men movie. No it cleaned sense. up a really bad franchise. I give it that. Yeah, it tightened up a franchise. It makes sense. It's it totally ties everything together. Nope, it does not. It sucked. I did not like it at all. And when I saw what they were doing with the time jump, and especially like I know a lot of people are like making fun of like the the twelve year gap between because the new movie, The Dark Phoenix, is coming out in then it's based in the nineties, but the right. new yeah. they're movie supposed to turn into Ian McKellen in twelve years. But yeah. what bothers me is like they haven't aged years. in thirty years. That's that's my issue. Like the first movie is in the sixties and now this is in the nineties and McAvoy only lost hair and I don't and, have uh, and then Magneto looks exactly the same. Maybe he has a little bit more wrinkles in the side, but he's identical any... for 30 years past. <laughs> See, I don't have an issue with uh, when I Fox... Have, I, haven't liked, I haven't liked that. I, I think it's fine. Like, you can wash that away with the kind of Days of Future Past reboot answer. You can be like, this is kind of a different timeline. So things are going... That's why it. you got, got a different age Nightcrawler. That's why you got new... Yeah. Uh, we're missing the big. They, they can all be kind of wiped away. We're missing the biggest disappointment about this film, which was the best, one of the best parts about the animated series. Probably the best thing, the one thing that got us all into this film. Apocalypse. They wasted Apocalypse uh, and yeah. Oscar Isaac has Apocalypse too. Like you Regardless had a good actor who plays the character. You could have had. Something. You could have had the same guy who played William Strait. You could have had an old gentleman with a gravitas. I hate to use that goddamn word, and just a fucking force. Of nature when he's on film. Uh, Oscar Isaac is a great actor, but that guy looked like a dude with a bunch of clay on his face. Uh, it's not, I don't it know. Like oh, yeah, it did not look good. Especially when you compare it to what they did with Thanos and how good they can make a character yeah. who should be ridiculous. You know yeah. what I mean? And how awesome it can be. Like, I mean, I honestly haven't liked, really liked an X Men movie since X2. And, and, and I don't, I think X2 is a great movie for its time, but yeah. when you hold it up against modern comic book movies it's very slow the pacing is not good in yeah. that one it needs tightened up with like it needs at least one big action set piece in the middle to kind of like move it along a little bit oh, yeah. and and i know and i know it could it's 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 technically a one shot type of movie but coming off logan to just jump back into the same bullshit of dark scene it just feels like we're stick, taking a step back Instead of moving forward, oh, well, that's another thing. There's other X Men stories to tell. Yes. Like the Dark Phoenix is not the be all end all of the X Men franchise. Like, well, it's tough because a lot of them also coincide with the the 
the wider Marvel universe, but also with that, I'm excited I don't, for that. I'll go ahead. Yeah, I'm gonna stay on the note of thirds and 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 um, trilogies. And guys, you've if most people who maybe listen to the show or watch the show also um, follow. Yeah, they know that I hate a certain movie and a certain trilogy, and that's because to me it was the biggest disappointment I have ever come across in my life. Look, guys, from 2005, Batman Begins to 2008, The Dark Knight, you got an complete revolution on Batman, and Christopher Nolan, to his to his credit took Batman and made it something that wasn't a joke anymore. It made a great film. So you got a great Batman intro, his origin. Then you got the Dark Knight, which wasn't very Batman-based, more Joker-based, and it, but also Heath Ledger as the Joker blew everybody away. With Christopher Nolan's vision in this grander scheme of having a very grounded Batman universe. Unfortunately, with um, events that happened after this film... We lost a great actor to play Joker. So, yes, his vision was hindered when he was thinking about this bigger grand scheme of things. But Let me explain why they wasted Two-Face. Uh, when it came to 2012 and we got The Dark Knight Rises, I watched all, every movie leading up into that goddamn release date. And I walked in that movie uh, theater and I walked out that movie theater and I cried. That was the biggest piece of garbage I've ever seen in my life. Look, let's talk about Christopher Nolan's. Um, wrong. Let's talk about Christopher Nolan's. No, no, no. I, I mean, I think wrong. especially when you compare it to the movies me and Joe just mentioned, like to say that that's oh, on the, the same level. That I have on no, no. I, 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 I can see this is like TJ's personal choice from his heart. I understand. Yeah. So if we're talking about like your own personal disappointment, I get yeah, that. It is technically <laughs> that's the question. Go ahead. Your, your question's your disappointment. We don't I just have so much. There's just, you can throw whatever you want at me, and then I will throw it right back at you. But for, for 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 instance, let's go with Christopher Nolan and his porn obsession thing with IMAX film. We don't need that entire first scene with that goddamn plane. One, you don't got to flip the plane up do everything they wanted to do. You could have just had the plane, had your groups come in, your goons come in, attack everybody. The plane stays upright. You don't have to turn it upside down and do any of that garbage. That was too. legit. Like, I mean, that's an interesting action movie. sequence, and it's, it's an interesting way to introduce Bane and like get a feel like for his character. I, 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 I mean, I was going to be on board with you with some critiques because that movie is not perfect, but that's like an amazing action sequence. They literally told Christopher Nolan, they said, you just made I'm a shitload of money, and we're giving you even more money. Shoot with IMAX cameras. So he did. Sure, but you did not have to turn the plane upside down, have Bane do this seat jump thing where he grabs a seat to do a blood transfusion to a gentleman. Where you could have done that when the plane was completely steady. That's your yeah, biggest problem with the movie? Now let's talk about Bane. A Brazilian strategist revolutionary that was completely whitewashed with an English asshole. All right, get out of here. Whatsoever. You don't need Two. to be hard with the the, the, the source with your Bane. Oh, well, Bane is one of Batman's hyper-realistic world, so oh, I mean... Catwoman, talk about that, Anne Hathaway and her gore. I liked her. I like Anne Hathaway, too. I like Anne. <laughs> she was good on screen. She was pretty badass. Let's talk Go about on. Robin. Let's talk about Robin. That was that I'll give you credit for. That okay, shit. that's dumb. That was real dumb. Batman <laughs> that was general and Christian Bale's eight years absence for doing nothing, but then uh, uh, Harvey Dent is still the, having all these things and still the talk of the town. And Batman has a knee that can't talk, but then gets a robot leg and the kicks the thing. But also, Christian Nolan's fighting choreography is garbage. 
I get in Batman Begins, you don't need to have a lot of fighting in the yeah, Dark Knight. Theme, Burton, theme Burton's fighting was garbage too, so I, I won't I won't agree with you in that. It's right, so and it's it's one great fight sequence in BVS did not make that a good Batman or a yeah. good movie. So like, you know, I, I agree. Mean, I agree. Batman it's not great, great, but don't, don't lean on that. It was Michael, Michael Caine at his worst. No. I'm sorry. I got to hit you there. I, you act like Jaws the Revenge didn't happen. I, I should hit you. I, you, 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 you take your secondhand lions and shove it up your ginger ass because, <laughs> because I shed a tear during his goddamn his goddamn monologue. It was emotional. Dad. Puppy, and then he goes and has a, a Wernie Branca on 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 the French oil, and then sees fucking Christian Bale and Anne Hathaway with the pearls on. Are you shitting me? What a garbage film! And that's my most disappointing. Eat my, eat my ass. Fucking, <laughs> oh, bend it over. Get some fucking hair in your mouth and eat my asshole. All right. Youssef, we have Youssef, a lot of save us. What's your most disappointing movie, buddy? I love you, so, TJ. Love you. So I could have gone with any of the Matrix sequels. Because that was just pure garbage after amazing Matrix. Yeah, I could have gone almost any single Tim Burton movie after Sleepy Hollow, um, especially Planet of the Apes. Oh man! Um, you know when Rise of the Planet of the Apes came out, was really good. I was like, I'm gonna go back and give Tim Burton's another chance. I'm gonna give that a shot. Holy shit! It was even worse than I remember. <laughs> I feel like it's a lot of like the uh, Doctor uh, Island of Doctor. Uh, Moreau, we watched. Yeah, it has some amazing practical. The, the makeup effects in Tim Burton's sure. are are great, cool, great production value. Looks excellent looking movie. Do you? Especially the bad guy. Um, uh, real quick he, side. Yeah, note. Tim Roth again, uh, great performance in no, a shit movie. No, weird. Uh, the with the the uh, practical effects. Do you remember um, the movie Let's Be Cops that came out? Real quick antidote. And uh, he dates a girl in that movie who's supposed to be like she uh, want to be like makeup artist. And she has a Tim Burton Planet of the Apes poster in the background of her apartment. And I just think it's the weirdest thing. I've never had a time to call it out. So um, anyway, continue. That's probably why. So, because of, but, of all the but, only thing you can like about that movie is how it looks. Yes. I'm sorry. But, I, I had to mention it. But with, uh, with uh, risking um, internet hate or internet cred or internet whatever. Fuck you. Uh, I have to uh, pick. I'm already mad. The Phantom Menace. Oh, that was fair. legit that's one of the. Fair. I mean, I'm, I I'm usually I usually go into movies with a tempered ex expectations. Like recently, we watched Hold the Dark, and I was excited because I liked the first two movies, but I wasn't like extremely let down. Cut back to 1999, if I'm accurately remembering, I was 11 years old. I was obsessed with Star Wars. It was it was becoming my world, and thanks to that movie, it did not become. I mean, thankfully, because people that live in that world are kind of. I think that one doesn't register. That one didn't register to me right away to think of that. Although you're right, because at the time I was one of those people who like convinced myself I liked it for a while. You know, it probably wasn't until the whole trilogy was out, and I was able to look at it all and be like. Oh man, this is rough. And you, you know? know, and you know why? The... You know why it Jedi mind tricked people into thinking that movie wasn't as bad as it is? Is because it ends on such a fucking high note that right. the, the, you the, get the song, big ceremony and all the no, music, the song, the fight, the 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 Darth Maul with the two, and right. you're like, oh fuck yeah, this was awesome. Forget about the two hours that I just wasted. 
This I, minutes were amazing. And I was the uh, target demographic. Like I was like what, like seven or so. I would say even I would say was at eleven. I was going to ask him like, did you buy the toys beforehand or after? Oh, I had the toys and everything. Yeah, I, and I liked I like I liked it when it like out like 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 it's that for me it was that same like category <laughs> of like Batman and Robin where I would say like at at that age I would have fought you that it was the best fucking movie of all time. Yeah, I mean like, I thought Phantom Menace was a shit ton of fun, and actually I didn't realize it sucked until I saw two and three. And being like, Especially two. oh yeah, two. No, no, fuck that. Like, I think two is better than Phantom Menace. I don't, I, I don't really like. There's that new three. thing where people are like, two's the worst one. No, Phantom Menace is the fucking worst one. one you don't know it. Horrible. You're trying to rewrite history. Phantom Menace is the worst one. It's actually useless. You can start the whole series at two. You don't need anything from the Phantom Menace. All you need to know is that Obi Wan and fucking Anakin <laughs> have a relationship, and one's the master. That's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, but but how did you know that uh, Anakin built? C-3PO. <laughs> exactly. That ruins the fucking movie, so you just forget that. <laughs> I can't even put... I can't distinguish one through three. I can only distinguish the Sith one because I think I saw it in theaters. The other ones, I I don't think I've ever seen fully They're, through. Talk about that fight scene in Revenge of the Sith. That's the most yeah. dancey fucking bullshit fight I've ever seen. It looks like Which trash. one? The, uh, the end the one? Where the end ever. one with... I do like the... Now, to be fair, I do like the Yoda Emperor fight. But the no, whole thing with... Hey, everybody, welcome to our Star Wars podcast. Yeah, real great. Very cool. Um, how, about, how about we continue this uh, disappointing thread, uh, thread with a uh, biopic centered around musicals? Ooh. Oh, yeah, is that based my on thing, right? That's what I was going to talk about? Yeah. Ooh, wow. Um, Ooh. Wait. Okay. The, the, was it the trailer for Rocket Man came out? Yeah. And it's an Elton John, Elton John biopic. And also, we've got the Bohemian Rhapsodies coming out. So, we've seen a couple trailers for that now. Um, Personally, like. I'm getting. like Maybe it's just because I'm old and I've seen so many now. But fucking. Music Yo. biopics are just so boring and formulaic, especially when they're produced by the people who are there about. Because then they're just these cookie cutter hand jobs. They just kiss the dude's ass. And even if the person has struggles, it always works out that it was good in the long run and blah, 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 blah. I'm just so fucking sick of it. Everybody was pissing their pants over straight over straight out of Compton. And that was the most like clean glassy eyed look back through rose colored glasses jerk off session i have seen in so <laughs> fucking long so i i wanted to get that off my chest but then i did want to shout out some You're ones racist. that i think are good and that i like like i really enjoyed ray i think ray is a pretty solid uh musical bio and it was one of the few times that i cared about somebody getting the Oscar. I was like, he deserves to win the Oscar. That's a great, that's an amazing performance. He transformed into Ray Charles. I think that is the kind of thing that deserves recognition. So that was one I just wanted to talk about. You guys got any musical biopics? So uh, when, I know when, you was going to say La Bamba. I mean, clearly. <laughs> Actually, it's, it's Selena. Don't be joking. So it's funny because I was going to mention them like being horrible movies, especially like they pit the a Filipino to play a Latino, but you know, whatever. Uh, we all came from an island and we have a uh, sunburned skin, so it, it counts. You can just um, mix and match. But, hey, Australians yeah. play Americans all the time. You don't see me complaining. Hey, they, yeah. <laughs> they picked a British man to play fucking Mario. 
So not so, even Italian. So you got an English guy and, to play and, and a Mexican to play. When you first said uh, biopics, I thought you were like talking in biopics in general. And I tend to not like biopics at all because um, especially when there is like a, a, a full life story. Uh, oh, I prefer like, a, bio, a biopic that is like an event in the, in the life. Like the I'm Mandela one? I like Lincoln. I liked Lincoln where it's yeah, just that's a really small, like, tight story about like a certain time in his life. I enjoyed that. Although they I still did have to get in their little well of off to the theater and like, yeah. <laughs> well, the last time Spielberg cared. I heard it's gonna blow my head. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> I just get bored with them and, and and especially if I can just read a book that is like Or a good documentary. Like yeah. I always think like I'd much rather watch a really good documentary about somebody. Yeah. And the and the exceptions are like movies like Raging Bull, which is like a fictionalized version of the story, or Goodfellas, or even uh, yeah, uh, social the Social Network. Oh, uh, even, the, another... even the even the TV show Glow, right? Like none of that shit happened. Sure, that's true. Uh, and American Splendor is another. It's a it's that's a big phenomenal. exception. That's phenomenal. Uh, because because they had Harvey, and it was based on the comic books of Harvey, which is you know. But since you centered down to musicals, I kind of cheated. Um, uh, I picked The Pianist. Um, technically, it's, it's, it's about a um, uh, concert pianist that is uh, thrown into the Holocaust. Um, I, I know it's a little bit controversial because it's a Roman Polanski yeah. movie. Uh, but Adrian Brody's performance, uh, centering back, uh, circling back to what uh, Brian said, that performance is, was worth an Oscar, like he was, he was haunting. He was, it was heartbreaking to watch. Did that anybody movie. see and the was, James Brown one with Chadwick Boseman? That's one yeah, I always wanted I to check out. And I never got to. You know what? It's good, but it does do that thing where they scale through the whole life. Where yeah, I don't like. I really, it's a good movie, and the performance is like strong, but it's too broad a lot of the times. But it, it, it does like, nailed. He does nail it's it. not a bad movie. Like they do tell you, like yeah, James Brown was a fucking sociopath. Yeah, yeah, but but overall, I don't know. I hopefully I don't step on toes. But overall, like music bios are horrible. Like Notorious, Selena, The I Runaways, like... The Doors, La Bamba. All right, so Meatloaf. You like, mentioned cute. The Doors. Uh, a big, 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 big Doors fan. I've read a ton of biographies on Jim Morrison, and that's yeah, actually eighth grade poetry too. <laughs> actually, I was obsessed with him in the eighth grade. That's why I've read all those things. It's not I even, painted, it's not even a joke. I literally read like several. I was like, but I really enjoy the Doors and that movie. And this wasn't my pick at all. And because I, I know people who like that movie, that's one of the examples of I think it's pretty fucking shitty. And they like uh, like a lot of Oliver Stone's movies. He takes a lot of liberties in someone's life. Yeah, I double believe yeah, it's another exception. Even though JFK is total bullshit, I love that movie though. But, yeah, but I will say yeah, this true. about the the Doors movie: the one benefit though is it's casted perfectly, except yeah, for, except for um, uh, Meg Ryan as his uh, as Pamela Morrison. I mean, she looks like him. She's just a little too like play the role a little too conservative. Like that movie's casted very well, but as a movie, and if you know anything about like the life of Jim Morrison and The Doors, it's not even that it's clean; it's just not good. But that's not my pick. But you know what, Joe? But, but I know what is your pick, Joe? Wait, wait, no, Joe. I know it's not your pick, but that's kind of you're kind of telling me why it's bad. 
So I have to know about the doors to fully appreciate the yes. movie. The people, reason why I'm watching the movie is because I have no fucking yeah, clue. Just go watch any given Sunday and don't worry about truth or reality. Mm-hmm. So For like sure. the so like the people like that I, I know that have seen that movie particularly like dig it. It's a fun, fine movie. Um, my pick, and I know a lot of people disagree with my, my pick now, but I, I'm a, I'm a huge sucker for walk the line and that goes in, but that goes into I like, because this, I liked Ray and then walk the line came out and I felt it hit so many of the same notes that I was just kind of like a little bored by it, you know? Yeah. But it, for me, it hits that. I always reach Witherspoon is my number one pick for did not deserve her Oscar. That's a horseshit Oscar. I forget she won the on, but it, it's one of those movies that I, I find that they didn't they 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 showed his life up to it but then they stopped and just told the love story and i think it's one of the better love stories on film but you know what joe i, I recently was in nashville Yeehaw. and um <laughs> i went to the johnny cash museum and there's like a, a a tiny corner in where they mention his movies and i and, and that movie and i went like oh yeah that movie exists exists it's like it's the type of movie you just simply. The best forget. thing to come out of uh, of that movie is Walk Hard, which oh, is yeah. a fucking amazing movie. Like maybe the best Judd, like unsung Judd Apatow production of That's like hilarious. that era. It's Ooh. so good. John C. Riley destroys, and he legit went out and performed as Dewey Cox left to the movie and stuff. You could have seen him out at clubs playing as Dewey Cox. That would have been so fun. Like that's such a great movie. I'm gonna jump in here because I've been uncharacteristically uh, quiet throughout yeah. the because I don't have I don't I don't watch a lot of music bio, biopics and I don't I grew up on a lot of hip hop and there hasn't been anything based around hip hop. Uh, one of my favorite albums ever is Nelly Country Grammar. So they're not gonna have that ever. Uh, but for you're me, on the real husband. Hey, I already shit on Straight Outta Compton. What do you want, man? Yeah, Brian, that's pretty controversial. Yeah, I know. I know that's a hot take. I said it it on Notorious. Yeah, Notorious isn't that great. But um, I want to talk about a movie that's based about a fake band because you brought up Dewey Cox. um, Because one of my favorite movies directed by one of the greatest actors ever, Tom Hanks, That Thing You Do. That movie's phenomenal. If that was a real band... I think you're about to talk about Spinal Tap. Yeah, the one hit. Yeah, me too. The O-Eaters. Those are my type of music biopics. Like, Almost Famous, where it's loosely based on something, but not really. It's just like a nice pull on the one-hit wonder or some band that made its thing off of someone writing about... Like, those type of things I enjoy. But other than that, like, I have a weird, guilty... um, movie thing that with Jersey Boys. Super I know it's a garbage cool. film. I know they use the actors from the play, but I like Jersey Boys. It's it, I like the music. So like that, like I like Jersey Boys and shit. Frank like Valley of the Four Seasons is in my blood, buddy. Yeah. So but I don't like that movie, but it's uh, in my really? blood. Oh, word. But uh, like I love the music, but like of course I know the music is garbage, but like that thing you do if I had to talk about any type of music biopics of any type of nature, even if it's real or not, is that. That's all so I got. Talking about anything about anything. What's up, TJ, with your question about questions? Yes, so I want to play a game, guys. Um, It just came recently that I'm going to be the next guest on Fran Friction on October 21st. Thanks to me. So we've been trying to get our own show going. Um, Brian is up for the championship against Kimber, um, so I want to warm him up against two not-so-great opponents. So I figured him, Yusef and Joe, 
in the three two one battle is what I'm calling it because I gave these guys a mystery pick. I had them pick numbers and they all got a certain thing. So with that, Joe got the Quaid brothers, Randy and Dennis Quaid, Loch Ness Monster, and Michael Bay as his producer. Now I wanted all these guys to pitch films about horror movies because it is October. Um, so Joe got that. Yusef got the Baldwins. Alec and Steven, I believe, the Jersey Devil and Joel Schumacher. And Brian got the Wayans brothers, Damon and Marlon, Bigfoot and Wait, Roland Emmerich. Or Sean and Marlon. Whoever you want. If you no, Wayans brothers and, and I also, using No, it was the, specific the, about the, a the scary movie, movie. Wayans. Okay, Wayans Sean and Marlon. Okay. Sean, yeah. Yes. Um, so with and Damon. that Having, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Yeah, you guys are having two minutes to pitch your movie, and I'm going to give you four minutes to battle. But before we begin, Joe, will you pick a number between one and three? Two. Four numbers. Brian, will you pick a number between one and, or one and three? I'm always number one, baby. Right. So I like that I don't have a choice. You don't have a choice, are right, you, Seth? So it's very racist of you. <laughs> Brian, since you have number one, I need you to incorporate Kevin Spacey in your movie in <laughs> any capacity whatsoever. No problem. With number two, right, Joe, right. I need you to incorporate Tom Hardy's voice in any capacity whatsoever. And with number three, Yousef, you have to incorporate Joaquin Phoenix in clown makeup in what capacity whatsoever. So with the very first round... I'm going to go with Yousef. You got two minutes, bud, when the clock begins. When I say, and I'll let you know what it ends, and then we'll go on with Joe and then Brian. All right, Yousef, you ready, bud? Let's rock, and you go. So I'm not going to pitch you a movie. I'm going to pitch you a scene. We cut to a, a TV playing the uh, show of the Emmys. We see Alec Baldwin receiving his Emmy for playing Donald Trump. We see a figure, dark. In the, in the shadows, watching this Emmy show. He turns off the TV, he's clearly angry. Cut to a murder in the streets of Jersey. Nobody knows who's doing these murders. There's been a spree recently, and everybody suspects it's the Jersey, uh, the Jersey devil, up to no good once again. Cut to Alec Bowen walking out of his mansion, located weirdly in Jersey. I don't know who, who the fuck wants to live in Jersey, but he lives in Jersey because the real estate is very good as of right now. He gets a phone call. It's, it's the, the, we cut to the phone. It's called Shore. He answers, and it's Polly Shore on the other line. Bro, I can't find Steven. What the fuck do you mean you can't find Steven? I told you you have to watch over him. You are the only one that can keep him at bay. The Jersey Devil, Stephen Baldwin, is loose again. That's it. That's it. He's like a werewolf. That's nice. That's nice. All right, Brian. Are you ready, bud? Hey, I mean, ready as I'll ever be, I guess. All right. Three, two, one, go. Go. Wayans, regular Annie's bringing his family home from a nice vacation out in the wilderness. When they hit an animal on the road. This creature, this gorilla-ish looking thing, uh, stinks, it reeks, but it's the catch of a lifetime, and Sean is an avid hunter, so they strap him to the roof of the car and they take him home. 
When they get him home, they realize that this is no average animal. This is Bigfoot, the legendary Bigfoot, played in full body suit, but with his face exposed by Marlon Wayans. So think like full-on Harry and the Henderson suit, <laughs> but then just Marlon Wayans' face. Um, and... He and he doesn't talk. He can't talk just like Harry. So he just mugs all the time and goes like, what? And uh, so it, it, they they come home, but it's, it's their home is in California. So let loose in the uh, free range state of California, you know. Marlon Wayans Bigfoot gets into like the local dispensary and he's getting high on weed. And uh, but the dispensary owner is angry Kevin Spacey and he doesn't like what he sees. So he calls the National Guard about this crazy creature in his the house or in his uh, sorry, excuse me, his business, his dispensary. Uh, they come and they can't they, they trap Bigfoot and they torture him. But Sean Wayans helps him get escape from the facility where they're holding him and takes him back to his people. Now, this is where the Roland Emmerich part comes in, because the only thing kind of movie Roland Emmerich makes are uh, over the top, big budget disaster movies filled with racist stereotypes. So. When, when he finally gets out into the woods, Marlon Wayans Bigfoot gets all his Bigfoot brethren together. And they launch a full-scale attack on Los Angeles. So this goes from like fun family adventure movie to like full-scale scale brutal horror movie. And every it's like it's kind of like uh, uh, Willy Wonka, the yeah Charlie and the Chocolate Factory with Tim Burton. So every Bigfoot is Harry and the Hendersons with with Marlon Wayans' face. I thought and they're just tacking and killing. Hey, cut, 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 cut. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. Cut. They're murdering everybody. Oh, God, nobody cares. Pulling arms out of <laughs> sockets and beating people All to right, death Joe. with their big okay. foot strength. All right, Joe, you ready, bud? Oh, yeah. All right. All right. Joe, three, two. Hold on, hold on. Okay, all right. Mitch Do-Good, Dennis Quaid, is just your everyday Marine. Mitch has revealed, has been relieved of duty because he loves his country too much. Upon his departure, he gets a call from his estranged brother, Michael, Randy Quaid. Old Mike had been shunned from the family because the world thinks he's a crackpot for trying to chase Bigfoot, the Chupacabra, the Jersey Devil, all sorts of urban legends and myths and monsters. He's a crypto. He got laughed out of town, but now he's found the mother of them all in Scotland. Mike calls Mitch. My God, brother, we found it. We used to think it was just a myth, but I'm here and she's a beaut. Mitch, I'm retired from that shit, Mike. The Marines knock some sense into me. I don't believe in monsters no more. This mission, Mike, this mission will get you reunited with your daughter. Mitch takes a slow drag from his cigarette. Cut to a helicopter landing on the field. Cut to a helicopter landing on the fields of Scotland. Low angle hero shot. Mitch takes one look. Sorry. Michael and Mitch see each other for the first time. Michael has a wacky disgruntled outfit on. He's crazy. But with Michael is his assist, his smoking hot assistant, Max, played by Ruby Rose. Low angle shot. Mitch takes one look at her, fucks her with his eyes. She's into it. Take me to the site, Mitch says. 
They take they take a boat through the fog, guns and hands, of course. Explosions in the background. Through the fog, you see it. It's Nessie. It roars. Cut the black. Oh, Nessie, a Michael Bay production. All right. Nessie is voiced by Tom Hardy. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give you a, is, like, like a half a point because you threw that in after your two science. minutes. All right, guys, look. So all these shows, Fan Friction, shout out to them. Uh, movie Fights, not so much shout out to them, but it's a great show. Uh, they're very family friendly, and they 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 really like want their their fighters to be respectful of each other. Guys, don't be respectful of each other. Let's go crazy. So four minutes starts now. Fight it out. So good fucking luck getting Randy Quaid to ever show up to set. He's in the fuck. He's outside of the fucking grid. He's not gonna. Say, Randy Quaid has outstanding warrants and shit. You have no, to go film you. that in New Zealand. The movie's <laughs> never gonna get made. It won't no, happen. This, that is a shit argument. You think I my agree, though, that's a trash, trash argument that boring people you think make. my movie's never going to make? I like Baldwin's. Never, the NBC's never going to let you fucking make that movie if you want to go with that argument to use his Donald Alex Trump. And on top of the world right now due to the Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah yelling at his daughter and throwing wants. phones he, at her. If he wants to do an Instagram live of his nutsack, people will pay to watch that because it's, he's in the side guys right now. None of your character, none of your actors right now are in the side guys. Nobody cares about. Yeah, that. but you know what? My movie Wait, actually is in a show right now. Nobody watches it. That's I bullshit. It's in its like third season. People love that show. Have you watched it? Well, I'm saying I no, watch it. Okay, that's what I, thought. I don't watch TV hardly at all. Michael Bay's movies gross, no matter what they are and who's in them. Massive amounts of money. Did I no, tell I you that that uh? That Mark Wahlberg also is in this film as his you marine don't have buddy. An IP, though. You don't have an IP. The only reason why my, Michael Bay makes money is because of Transformers. No. Nobody cares about the Loch Ness Every Michael monster. Bay movie fucking makes money. Even, even his modest ones. People don't care about the Loch Ness Monster anymore. And when yeah. was the last time a Marlon, Marlon and Sean production was actually funny? No, Marlon and Sean Wayans, I am hitting and I am knocking it out in their wheelhouse. This is a family comedy that also plays raunchy, oh, that sure. also goes to horror. Sean this is even retired. Is he going to come back for this? Is them parodying a famous movie. I have all the Marlon Wayans and when Sean Wayans. When was the last time Sean actually did anything? Marlon is the one He's a successful producer now. He doesn't need to star in anything. He's, he's the gonna last, come out of retirement the last and nail three Marlin and, and, and then you didn't even get let me get to the part where Damon Wayans comes. He's the like the crazed hunter who's been hunting Bigfoot his whole life. And so when this melee breaks yeah, out, he so, shows up to like so save good. the day. He's a legit TV action star now. He's gonna roll up in a camo jacket with a machine gun, Bigfoots and shit. Have you seen yeah, the but last you know what? movie from Marlon you know Wayne? My movie actually connects what, what, all uh, your films. Shades of Black? He's not, yeah. Everything awful. he's done recently outside of outside of his big brother, which you're not including. I don't think, that's the stuff. thing. I don't think the quality of whatever, like, this movie matters. I think this is perfectly yes, in their wheelhouse. This is the type of movie they make. I tailored the pitch to the guys. You've got these outsides. you got you yeah, and Dennis Quaid and Randy Quaid Bay. like a couple of fucking action heroes. Randy Quaid can't get out of his uh, Canadian Randy hotel Quaid's room playing a banging his fat old lady. And Dennis Quaid is monsters. in these bank commercials and his face is pulled so tight the thing's going to peel down the middle. 
Shout out, Brian. All I need from each of you now is in all these movies, one brother has to die. So you got 30 seconds to tell me how one of these brothers dies in this horror film. Um, and then we're going to hash this out. So ready? First off, we're going to go with Joe. So Joe, you start off 30 seconds. Which brother dies? How does it happen? Go. All right. So it's it's the scene set. Randy Quaid, he's about to fucking undiscover some little, little creaturelings in the thing. Boom. Dead. They kill him. Dennis Quaid fucking gets into action. He's upset. He's finally made amends with his brother. Ruby Rose at his side. He's fucking there. And he's going to go guns blazing, killing all these monsters until he sees Nessie. And they have a moment. And he realizes it's not the man. It's not who he nurtured. It's what he's going to nurture by bringing Nessie back. <laughs> All right, Brian. Which who dies and how? Go. Well, that's the thing. You're gonna get to see Marlon Wayans in a Bigfoot costume die in tons of ways. He's gonna kill as Bigfoot. He's also gonna get killed. You're gonna see him get machine gunned by Damon Wayans. You're gonna see him get hit by cars. You're gonna see him get stabbed. You're gonna see him get shot. All sorts of cool, over the top, gory deaths. And then at the very end, the Bigfoot that was the original Bigfoot, the one that Sean hit with his car, they're gonna have a confrontation. And he's gonna have to kill that Bigfoot to stop to stop this insurrection. And it's gonna have that emotional moment, like with John Lithgow, only instead of sh yeah. shooing him away, Time. he's gonna kill him. Time. <laughs> Yusef, brother death. Who dies? How? Go. Clearly, Stephen Baldwin has to die. He's the he's the villain of this movie. So Alec Baldwin has been trying to track him down. He can't. He makes a fake audition with Joaquin Phoenix. In his Joker makeup as an extra in the in the in the Joker movie, Alec Baldwin comes from behind, shoots him in the head. Todd Phillips leaks the video into Twitter because he needs attention to his fucking Joker movie. Boom, that's your end right there. <laughs> All, right. All right. Yeah, but Yusuf, how are you gonna get that IP for the Joker movie? Yeah, he won't do the work. <laughs> Look, can we get a fact checker to make this less fun and interesting? I have zero fact checkers, but Yusuf saved a lot of his butt by throwing in Joaquin at the very end there. Oh, I know. Only... I know my shit, man. Joe, I can't remember if you used Tom Hardy's voice at all or not. Yeah, yeah he's doing the roars. He's doing the roars Nessie. of Nessie. Okay, cool. But also, so the, so Joe, I'm going to have to say that you're out, unfortunately. You had the highest stakes of the horror film, but when you started naming creatures attacking and and Loch Ness is one monster. There, I, I never thought in this movie there'd be multiple creatures. I didn't know where that came from. That it's was gonna be like little... it's gonna be like yeah, Godzilla. Godzilla. It's gonna be mute like the Godzilla. Movie. It sounds like Kong Skull Island. It's gonna be like Kong Skull Island. Well, that director attacked me on Twitter, so I'm not. I'm not, You're out. So go on. with his long beard. Yeah. So Brian with the weigh-ins um, and the Bigfoot. Awesome premise. The whole great story. I, I had the Harry's and Hendersons. I had you pinned it first, but I liked how you took the comedy to horror aspect because you did tailor to what these guys do. Where you lost me, though, unfortunately, is with the multiple, multiple Marlin deaths. By the end, the 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 um the death between Marlin and Sean, the very last one, the stakes would be completely low. You you see him die so many times, it wouldn't go. When it comes to Yusef's pitch, with Baldwin coming off doing a Trump thing for SNL or something like that, taking the helicopter and Pauly Shore actually hitting him up for the Jersey Devil. Why would Alec Baldwin have a mansion in Jersey? Because he's Alec Baldwin. 
um, the Pauly Shore, the Steven being the Jersey Devil in the very end where he would kill him on the set of the Joker film and it would be re-released to get this movie any type of hype. Yusef, you win, bud. You got it. I got a point. Oh, Yusef got to score a point against me finally. <laughs> that wasn't behind it, but uh, that was my best judge that nugget, too. I was the best. Recount. <laughs> I clearly needed alcohol and uh, and uh, foul language to win against Bryant. Recount. <laughs> hey, who says I've been? Every fan friction has been a drunk fan friction for me. So yeah, no, I don't know what you guys are talking about. So talking about kicking the asses of Brian and Joe. How about we segue to our movie Kick Ass? Nice. Oh my God, I'm killing it. So <laughs> I'm kicking ass. <laughs> Full disclosure, everyone. Yusuf wanted to give up on this movie in the middle of the week and change it to a to, good movie I wanted, instead. I wanted to watch Jackie. No, no, I didn't say a good movie. I said I wanted, I wanted to, to watch Tuxedo. No, I thought it was Mr. Nice Guy. Any, any, any Jackie Chan movie. Yeah, the Tuxedo. But outside of Tuxedo. <laughs> Rumble in the Bronx, baby. All right, so we picked uh, Kick Ass based on a YouTube shower three. I was watching. Uh, about Nick Cage just describing all of his movies, and the literally the only movie that I have on Blu-ray because I sold off all my Blu-ray uh, DVDs is a Kick-Ass, so that's why I picked Kick-Ass. Uh, so, what did you guys think about Kick-Ass? Oh, I love. I, I actually really enjoy Kick-Ass. I, I think it's a really fun uh, movie. I, I know some people on this panel uh, are a little too cool for it, but uh, yeah, I, Brian, it's too cool. I think it, it. I think it's always been a really fun. Um, comic book movie to kind of do it before like Deadpool now. Like, I, I don't know if it's aged as great since when I first saw it, but I still find it. Uh, in, I, I still find it. Uh -oh. I, I think, it's I, think I nailed it down pretty well on Twitter when I called it the boondock saints of comic book movies. Yeah, it's like yeah. something that you saw like when you were young in the early two thousands and you thought was good. And then when you rewatch it, you're like, Oh shit, this is straight up trash. Right. <laughs> And I and I I really I I mean yes the best part of the movie is Big Daddy and Hit Girl and that should have been more of the movie they were really fun actually, dynamic. Full disclosure, I will say I rewatched it. It's not as like I think a lot of the reason I dismissed it is because it's the third act is very bad. I don't think it's got a very good third act. But the That's movie true. in and of itself is not terrible. It's watchable. You know what I mean? That's it's got. But I definitely it gave us Chloe Grace Moretz and Hit Girl is a great character, a great intro for her. And I think she's a great little actress and I can't wait to see like where she goes in her career. I think she's made some yeah. really Haley Joel Osment was really good in this movie. So like every time she was on screen, she did something crazy. Blew me away. But the intro for this movie, I think was perfect for 2010 where it has the voiceover and the hero at top spread his wings and drop. And you're like, oh, here comes that swoop, here comes that swoop. And just bang right into the car like you didn't expect that time so yeah it is a it is a uh, product of its time but it still holds up because now you're still getting the same amount or if not more superhero films so like so just to go back if you watch it every two years it is somewhat fresh there's a lot of things that are rough with it but not i think also part of my thing is that like super exists. I think that's like a way better kind of like version of this. It's, and it's, also I mystery men. I think it's a greedier, more uh, leveled version of this. This one yeah. this is strive to be more uh, tongue in cheek, dark humor. Um, but I wanted, I wanted to, I wanted to single out something before we keep talking, um, how uh, Spider-Man homecoming stole the joke about kick-ass 
going down the street just looking for a lost cat, like doing, oh, doing yeah. super mon- mundane stuff. Mr. But yeah, as a superhero. I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, that's a good observation. Yeah. Even just like putting his bag in like a back alley before he goes and messes with those guys. Um, like just like things like that. Like there's things that you definitely take out of this. And like Matthew Vaughn, the one thing that I do give him is action is super awesome, but the one it is overly a little bit too CGI'd. So like watching a movie from 2010 now and seeing like knives and like like the flesh wounds you're like oh yeah, yeah yeah and definitely the whole scene with hit girl in the uh with the, the, the uh night vision like it's all it feels like like yeah. doom it's all real kind of like i was like why I, I wasn't think- that just done like sons of the lamb style like give me just like some legit shots of that it's just her firing a gun why does it have to be cgi like i think it was a cold concept but yeah but the execution wasn't great but but that actually pushes me to the question that i want to ask you guys like like despite this movie not being like perfect um and it it has some grading moments um it definitely has more than one great action sequence uh, what oh, was your favorite action sequence um oh favorite i actually like the uh, cell phone fight a lot that yeah, yeah, intro yeah, fight sure, yeah because that makes sense because everyone's got the foot phones and yeah no yeah, so what like, i want to say also is this is the at least the best movie we've watched on this podcast so far. Yeah, I could give it that. Uh, I think Mars Attack is better. Well, yeah, Mars Attack is better than this. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Death surprisingly, the top two are things that I picked, but you know, that's this is coincidences. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, even just—I mean, we're gonna get into it, I'm sure—but the intro that is an action scene in itself when you see. Nicholas Cage shoot Haley Joel Osment in the chest with a gun. Baby doll. Like it's that's like, yeah, the way he's talking to her, and he's like, and she's like, you know what? Only stop at the bowling alley. And we get ice cream. Just like her her movements with him, you're like, yeah, that's Nick Cage's or Big Daddy's daughter in the movie. Yeah, like yes. the, the way she's moving and talking to him. That's that's the and, little details that I really enjoyed about this movie, and especially Nick Cage's um like fatherly persona. Yet yeah. the way the, the things that he's saying. No, no, he doesn't get any dad points. He's oh, fucked no, up. I'm like, it's, it's, Brian, I'm gonna agree no, with no, you no. right now. That the I'm her saying, I'm not, wait, wait, wait. I'm not saying he gets dad points. I'm saying he's saying fucked up things in a dad persona, which yeah. is yes. hilarious. Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. I love I how it. when you, you read about this movie and well, I, I love Nick Cage, but you read about this movie and you just kind of hear Kate Nick Cage came in and like overtook his character and said, no, I'm going to speak in this Adam West way and I'm going to do it this way. And Matthew Vaughn apparently just said, all right, well, that, well that's what you want to do. We yeah, did, like, especially when he was big daddy, like the way he, like his whole deal, like how he talked and how he carried himself and, and stuff. Very under- he really bought into that superhero kind of yeah. idea. Yeah, like, a very like, underappreciated moment of this. And it's something that like, Batman would do is you see him putting the makeup on to cover his eyes. Yes. Like before every time Batman has to go play be, be Batman in the streets, he has to put on eye makeup. Not when he rips his mask off in films, if you notice. But you know, yeah, any other time. But yeah, and, I mean, like, especially during the sorry during the sequence that Brian mentioned that the CGI heavy the hand he's mm-hmm. on fire and that cadence and the, the, oh. the line delivery. A switch to bird. I also, oh, so I good. also really like 
God, I never, I never called him his name. I like that they. I like Mark Strong in this movie a lot. Well, that's what yeah, like I think one of my first one like one of my problems going like originally was that because I never saw this movie till it came out on DVD and I knew it was already popular. Like I didn't see it in the theater, but I knew it did well and I knew it was going to get a sequel. So then when I watched it, I had this thing in my head where I was like, this movie is structured wrong because it should end with a big fight between Mark strong and big daddy. And then the sequel should be the revenge movie where she, where hit girl goes after uh, the villain. But then, but watching it this time and taking that out of it and realizing that they made it not knowing that they were going to have a sequel. And obviously I know it's based on a book, but I'm, I'm not, I'm one of those people who's like, you can change things from the book to a movie. It's a different medium. And also you can make improvements. Like there's things that aren't perfect about the book. And when you adapt, you can change them and alter them to make them fit better. So I would have been fine with all that, but like watching it this time, I did like that they paid off his ability to fight and it is, and they had a fight sequence between him and hit girl, but I was really missing that like big showdown between him and big daddy. And I, I get that's a subversion and that's fine, but you know, whatever. I, I agree with that. I've always said that it should have ended with his death because it's, it's such a poignant moment and it, and and then that's why I think the third act doesn't resonate for me, especially when Kickass shows up with a jetpack with machine guns. He was a guy who was like cowering in fear while Hit Girl <laughs> murdered a whole room of guys, but now he can just like fly in and machine gun down a bunch of people without a second thought. He's kind of like that's but, not but his also, character. <laughs> but I also I also enjoy the fact that they bring her down to earth, like through the entire movie. They're portraying this little girl like it's super impossible to stop, and suddenly Mark Strong just connects one good punch in. Right, and, and that's what it I agree. I, I do really like that aspect yeah, of it too. Real life, she I mean, has the drop on people and she sh surprises them and she and they like hold back because they're unsure and that's how she ends up getting a lot of her like taking advantage. And then when Mark Strong legitimately puts it on her, somebody who has his own set of skills, yeah. it's it's real. Like it's her, you know? it's her movie. Regardless though. Yeah it's I, Hit Girl's so good. It's a great role. Oh, it's when she's killing people and smiling at Kickass, that's hilarious and great. I also love. There's a moment that I didn't. I don't remember just because I only seen it the one time. So there was a moment I really love when she kind of has her. They have their first interaction when like Big Dad, her and Big Daddy show up at the house and they go out the window and she like blows them a kiss and you can tell that she's got this kind of like, like comic book thing so much in her head that she's already like. Kickass is now the Spider-Man to her black cat. She's gonna yeah. have this kind of femme fatale back and forth with him, well, even I mean, though that's just in her head to have it. that. Like, and I, I enjoyed that little aspect. Of it. It's subtle, but it's definitely there. But even that scene where she kicks the shit out of everybody, where unfortunately Big Daddy passes, and then his one friend, which also his group of friends in this is 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 a great little ensemble of just like comedic guys that like have those little roles in films. Yeah, but I like he, I like Clark Duke a lot. Like he's a producer, super bad, and then like you know, like yeah. just kind of made but, a like, career he, for himself. He, like he's like I think I'm in love, and she's like she's 11. He's like I'll wait, I'll save myself for <laughs> that moment right there. You're just like. That's like out of a comic That's book. So like, yeah. no, they're, they're, <laughs> so they're showing a brutal beating. Like somebody's about to die in a live stream and a girl hugs him and he's like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they, they do now like the teenage 
like awkward oh, yeah, down. Well, first of all, when Kick-Ass finally reveals himself to the girl, this is the one thing I caught today while re-watching. Like, all the make-out scenes when, when two people first kiss, when they know they've had that weird friction, his first instinct with his two hands is to go straight for the, the chest. And they just, like, enhance on that. And it's just like a make-out. And he's just doing the typical teen thing where you're just, like, groping. And just, like... It's, yeah, it's like they don't they don't shy away from that at and all. He's doing the typical teen movie thing where he gets rewarded for scumbag behavior. <laughs> yeah, no, his tactic is 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 dreadful. It's her fault for I mean, suggesting when he gets to rub that tanning oil on her because he told her he was gay. Like that's some straight up predator shit. That's fucked up. He yeah. should not be getting reward. We should not be thinking of him as a hero for that. You know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, despite this movie being called Kick Ass, I'm happy that the movie after the first act is overtaken by Head Girl and Big Daddy. Yeah. yeah because the did really, any of you guys really see the sequel? I'm sure you did, as fans of the first one. Uh, it's not good. No, it's a mess. It's um, super bad. Well, it's, it's basically like Haley, like, yeah, Haley Joel is awful in it. Yeah. She's in high school again. She's doing the it's, same thing where she, yeah. but now she's like shying away from being the like the tough girl. She's like trying to like it's fucking sucks. And it's also no, the, the, the reason why it sucks is the bad guy because Mark Strong is such a good bad guy, and Mark and Strong is the best part of the film. And and they put this. McMuffin douche and he's called bad motherfucker in this movie and it's just horrible it's it's, it's a horrible well I think too that was kind of the last gasp from him like everybody's like hey the super bad guy and then like oh still the super bad guy huh yeah. and like, it's like he only had a couple bites of the apple probably more than he even deserved <laughs> I mean we all love McLovin that's a great yeah. role and that's a great but like you're you're gonna have to give me something a little more than that, man. <laughs> I think I think his his last good role was uh, role, role models. models. Yeah, role <laughs> models is solid. Uh, I love the I like the kiss larping. That's really the part to say. I'm a big kiss fan. Clearly. Oh no, shit, Brian! Didn't he play what? Himself? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Did he play himself in uh, This Is the End too? Yeah, no. Yeah, I, This I Is the End is good. But I almost don't count that because everybody just got to come in and party and like you know. Yeah. I don't yeah. mind. I don't mind. Yeah, Michael Sarah in This Is the End is so fucking. Oh, the Michael thing Sarah. where he gets stabbed and he's still like, oh, and he finds his voice like it's apologizing, like he's like stabbed through the chest. No, that shit's so no, good. The best part is like the best. The best part is when he blows the coke on the guy. He's like, oh, have you smoked this coke? You know what bothers me about Kick-Ass the most? Can, I, can we get rid of having even like Tom Holland as Spider-Man? Like, look, there are goofy-looking guys out there that are fucking nerds. Why is every nerd got to be basically a good-looking, actually, like... No, I'll guy? give it this. that uh, anyway, Tom Aaron Holland Tyler Johnson. He's a little awkward. Uh, Andrew Garfield is the worst. Aaron that like straight-up hot in those movies. No, Aaron, the, the kid who plays Kick-Ass in this first movie, at least... He's, he looks he's like a fucking way. nerd. Just I'm sorry. He like, we're seventeen. Only because later. I know that he's the guy from Godzilla now. Can I That's look at him and be like, like, "Oh yeah, he's a tough guy"? But he, like, in this grew movie, in, he like grew into himself. And oh like, yeah, you know he but, sucks in this movie in terms of acting. But if you see Nocturnal Animals, that motherfucker can act. He's also in like Savages with uh, what's his name? That movie's. Shit. I also think yeah, his portrayal of Quicksilver is underrated. So what's up? I like this. All Quicksilver. right, so let's go into the ratings phase because we're 
we're kind of like uh, dragging a little bit, but hey, if you complain that this podcast is too long, just do what Brian does and read this podcast to your kid, um, you know, before he goes to bed, 15 <laughs> minutes at a time, and then, you know, you watch the whole hour and a half. Done. I give it a, I give it a 7 out of 10. Kick-ass? Hard 7, yeah. Um, I'll probably be the highest on here, like at 7.6, the 7.5 for me. If you had asked me before I watched it again, I'd have probably given it like a four, but it's probably more like a six. Oh, that's, you know? a, that's a fair. That's fair. I'll give it seven mofongos out of ten. So are oh, rotten, yes. rotten tomatoes so, fresh. Uh, that's fine. We consider that's fair. Ass to be fresh. It's fresh. Slap that uh, on the so, DVD. So, all right. So next week is actually TJ's. Uh, what movie do you have for us, TJ's? Yeah, guys, so, I, so unfortunately, I'm going to shy away from the horror genre from right now, even though our next episode is in October. Um, I'm going to pick something that is from Ohio, so it has something for everybody. Brian has a nice um, story about a kid going to a new school. You can show your son maybe just, like, you know, how to make friends, stuff like that, whatever, if he has to go to an upper school. Joe, it's kind of cool. Joe has got a great love story, so you and Laura can actually watch together. Um Yusuf, it's got a Spanish person in it. That's about all I can give to you. Um, but guys, we're going with the classic ah, Airborne. That I love Airborne. This is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, and I really want to talk about this. I love Jack Airborne. Green. I've never seen Airborne, guys. Josh McDermott. Guys, we, I can't wait to talk about that. sounds this. horrible. I love Airborne. No, I'm pretty sure it is. I mean, it, any it, movie that's already been done on how did this get made is definitely like... <laughs> yo, Airborne, I like that you have the DVD. Airborne's the shit. It's it is Cincinnati. So it makes no goddamn Joe, sense. you're the guy, so find us a free copy on the internet so I, we can know how to pay Whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, no. And you're gonna buy and give the money to the producers and the director true. and the actors because the lead actor um, does not. This is the last movie the lead actor ever did. The woman, um, the, the girl, the love interest in this is Vern Troyer. Uh, Vern Troyer's like ex wife or like long term yes. girlfriend. One from a so sex tape, is, is that yes? No, oh, no, not from the sex tape. I'm just, uh, just, yes. All right, that's a great way to end this, this show. Uh, so. Be, make sure to watch Airborne before the next episode and also Vern Troyer's Sex Egg. And we'll um, be watching so. throughout the month our horror films. Yeah, yes. everybody keep up on that horror franchises so we can have this, we can continue this discussion at the end of so the month. Brian, now, now that you're talking, just tell us where we can find you and uh, say Oh, goodbye. you know where you can find me, baby. You can find me on Twitter at Herskules. Uh, you can also search uh, the DVD Bunker or just don't put the the in front of it. Probably just search DVD Bunker. Um, search that anywhere where you listen to podcasts and you'll find my channel where every other week I release a DVD Bunker, which is me and a co-host talking about a movie from my collection. Also, I release these Flyover State of Films, so you can subscribe to that and get all the sweet content. Um, and uh, aside from that, uh, the, TJ, I think you're next. Yes, uh, guys, you are you are on Movie Squad now. If you're watching this, if not, you can catch us on Stitcher. Um, I'll put the links in the in the bottom. Um, other than that, I, you can catch me on Odd Shape Panel doing From Code to Script, episode one with Billy Pollahan talking um, Street Fighter. Next episode with Ashley Davis talking Mortal Kombat. So definitely check those out. And guys, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Yo. 
You could uh, find me at Chandango One on Twitter, being mediocre, and uh, catch me on uh, the DVD bunker uh, every week. Uh, you know, it's my channel. Watching DVDs. <laughs> All right, guys, Yusef. thank you for joining us. Uh, I'm Yusef from WhyLoveMovies.com. Uh, you can check out my reviews there, and I'll just, you know, butcher the English language a little bit more. But thank you. Uh, and see you next week. In writing, uh, though, you sound so eloquent, you know. I know. I, I, I can really uh, fake it. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>